Ariella Frostrup on Times Radio. And lastly today, before I hand the baton on to Jane and Fee, it is time here to head overseas. On the ground, bringing you stories from every corner of the globe on Times Radio. Yep, we're on the ground where we speak to correspondents from around the world about the stories making headlines on their patch. And today we're in Mexico with Times Latin America correspondent John Bonfilio. Welcome back uh, to the program, John. Um, the first story we have today is about conflict on the Texas-Mexico border, which uh, is nothing new, uh, I dare say. So what is it that's particular about this story? Yes, definitely. Hi, Marilla. A, a place which does not need more conflict. Uh, this is the latest battle over migrants uh, on the U.S.-Texas border. And it's a new kind of, surprise, surprise, in inverted commas, border wall, except for in this case, it's a floating barrier on the Rio Grande of bright orange sort of wrecking ball-sized boys or buoys, as they say on this side of the pond yeah. to deter to deter migrants, which you know, over and above, of course, you know, the daily human tragedy of just last largely untold as regards the migrants. I think generates two important political issues, which have also been making waves. The first and most obvious, of course, is between the U.S. and Mexico. Mexico has been in hoc to U.S. migrant policy probably for about a generation, but really that's not the issue. The issue is when these kinds of things happen is that they're not included in the discourse and also that it goes against a series of U.S.-Mexico treaties. And Mexico doesn't like uh, who does being talked down to. And then the second thing, of course, is the conflict, the ongoing conflict uh, between the U.S. federal government and state Democratic and state Republican administrations, where uh, conflict is basically courted for political ends at every possible stage of the process. And it seems uh, that the administration of Joe Biden are, are pushing back against these more draconian measures emanating from Texas and indeed threatening to sue Texas uh, unless steps are taken on Monday to begin removing uh, this barrier. Yeah, they have. They've, they've used everything. They are using everything at their disposal, including, you know, previous agreements and policy and, and so on, questions over legality, and also even stating that there are already significant uh, barriers in place to stop migrants uh, from crossing. And of course, that this is also uh, generates uh, peril for migrants. I mean, it's worth saying that last year was the most deadly year on record for migrants, and those are the ones that are registered. So, you know, it, it is definitely not... Um, uh, a place, as, as we said right at the top of the story, that is devoid of, of conflict, um, difficulty, and of course, human tragedy. Um, there's there's stories, I mean, swirling around about, uh, you know, border guards denying migrants water in 37 degrees heat and so on. Do, do you know anything about the veracity of them before we move on? I mean, you definitely hear anecdotal evidence uh, and stories about this kind of these kinds of things happening. I wouldn't say that it's policy wide. I mean, I don't think there's enough evidence to to suggest that there is, you know, a, a procedure that is is driving this. But I think for sure, certain individuals uh, take it upon themselves to to try and really militarize that border and um, you know and push people back in whatever way that they can or, or, or desire. I mean, you know, abuses within uh, within law enforcement are legion, not just in the US, but more, more broadly. So in these kinds of remote spaces where there is very little, if any, oversight, of course these things are going to happen. Uh, well, let's talk about an altogether happier story, um, I think. Uh, a Mexican prison which has become an unlikely tourist attraction and indeed I think is now about to start housing tourists as a, a Pacific Ocean getaway. 
It is the Islas Marias archipelago, 62 miles off the coast of the western state of Nayarit, which was a prison for 113 years. But in particular, this is one of the reasons why this story is interesting and important, a political prison for dissidents. So um, it's being reinvented, not just as a tourist attraction, but also very much in the shape of Nelson Mandela's Robben Island. Uh, it actually opened a few months ago. Um, you know, it's a small scale, but it's seeing increasing visitor numbers and media access driven by the government, um, which is also where it's really interesting because on the face of it, of course, it's an interesting story because it's a you know fascinating tourist attraction. You have to get a boat to go and see and so on. But the, the, the context, I guess, the backstory to this is the fact that there are elections uh, due next year. And this government, the Andres Manuel López Obrador AMLO, administration, uh, interestingly, don't see themselves as politicians, or at least as a political class, but more as revolutionaries. They keep talking about the fourth transformation that they are undertaking. And the previous three were basically military insurgencies to transform uh, the country. So they are desperate. They are very enthusiastic to present themselves as the rightful heirs of the revolution and as the moral force in politics, and also opening up prisons like this previously, you know, that housed outliers and political prisoners, um, allows them to argue that they are reclaiming the national narrative for the broad common good. So this is uh, le or more about, um, I suppose, uh, forward-facing changes in political mores than it is about a, a tourist attraction. I thought we were going to be sleeping over there, but this is, as you say, more of a Robben Island situation. You visit oh, you and leave. You definitely can uh, visit and stay over there for, for a few nights. There are packages. But uh, again, I think what, what gives the, the, the truth to this, uh, to this tourist attraction is that it's not being marketed for foreigners. It is very much being marketed for national citizens to go and get a sense of their history and what in inverted commas really took place, according to the mm, current government. Mm. Um, and, and that's the narrative that you know, that, that this government wants to push above all. Uh, John, just finally and briefly, it sounds like Mexico could kill the whole grime, you know, musical trend because Mexico is now closing down on sexist lyrics. Yeah, in the north, uh, Chihuahua, uh, in the, the capital city of the state of uh, Chihuahua, uh, on the border with, uh, with the US as well. I mean, look, Mexico has fundamentally a gender uh, violence problem, but this uh, domestic violence rates in the city went up 20% last year, and they have banned uh, all auditoriums at public events, any language which uh, promotes or denotes any, uh, any violence towards uh, women or domestic violence, or even uses language uh, which speaks of it. Well, uh, quite a, grand, quite a grand, groundbreaking move. Indeed. May I just say hallelujah to that? Bring it on. Uh, Don Bonfilio, thank you very much for giving us that update on the ground in Mexico. Uh,